0: Hello there, you're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft, and I'm your host, Connor Beckett. On this episode, I'm speaking with indie rock performer Robbie Sita, a recent addition to the New York City scene by way of Boston, who's been making waves in the five boroughs through their emo lounge instrumentation and their reminiscent songwriting prowess that navigates the minutia of human connection. It's those various qualities of Robbie's sounds that's quickly drawn me in as a fan and an appreciator of their craft, but as I learned over the course of this interview, there's much more beneath the surface. Specifically, we discussed their approach to revisiting their old tracks, most recently in the form of a redux of their 2018 song, All Over Again, and how re-examining their own music gels with Ravi's own artistic philosophy that very much embraces the quote-unquote death of the author. Alongside Ravi in the studio is collaborator and producer Justin Termato, who lent some excellent additional context to the project's selected discography... And as is tradition in the pop studio, both Ravi and Justin were kind enough to perform a few tracks, both old and new, for our enjoyment. Take
1: a listen. I take it day by day, there's still so much I get wrong.
0: So this past year has been one of tremendous change for many people, but it was a big year for the two of you. You moved to New York from Boston, started to really embed yourself in the New York City scene. And I just wanted to ask how adjusting to life in a new city slash scene has been for the two of you personally.
2: Um, It's been cool. Like, I don't even know if I could say it personally I've like adjusted yet, because I mm-hmm. feel like since we got here, there have been like a lot of changes, like... Even from, like, I feel like I'm in a different, like, situation than I was, like, right when we moved in as well. So, like, I don't know. It's hmm. just been, like, a constant, like, change. Got but, it. Yeah, I've never moved before either. I lived in one house my whole life. I didn't go away for college or anything. So this was the first time I have ever, like, was sleeping in a different bed for, like, a long period of time.
0: mm so, like the adjustments, you feel like kind of came in waves. Yeah,
2: there. like I don't have my dog here anymore, and like I feel I felt like I had to like, come back and like adjust to like not having this like creature to take care of mm-hmm. after I had had her here for like two months.
0: Right. Yeah. But I would say, in terms of like playing out, how's yeah, that adjustment been? Do you think
2: pretty cool? Like, I don't know. It's hard to say because quarantine just like changed like my whole perception with like playing shows and stuff. So. Like, the scene here is very, very different from, like, what Boston was like. It's very, like, DIY-based there. There aren't many, um, like, mid-sized venues for, like, smaller artists like us to play at comfortably. And that so, people
3: would show up, to too.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, like, like,
2: people in Boston, like, want to go to house shows. Like, it's it's preferred. So it's, yeah. you know, there are pros and cons to that. Um, when it's at its best, it's its best. And when it's at its worst, it's, like, a little bit frustrating.
3: Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
2: Yeah. But here it's, like, it's just such a big city that, like, we're seeing, like, a couple of the same faces each night. But, like, each show that we're playing is at a different venue with, like, a different crowd entirely. Yeah. So it's, like, we lost a little bit of, like, the community-based aspect of performing, I think. And then, I don't know, we gained a lot um, in other ways because we're playing at, like, actually nice venues with yeah. good sounds and to, you know, not the same fucking people every every day. Two weeks or so,
3: which was definitely nice for sure. Like playing, playing to, to friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah mm-hmm. um, But yeah, New York has definitely been like way more Just like crowds mm-hmm. that we don't know but like it's been mostly mm-hmm. good. And
2: that's why we moved here too Because yeah. like at some point you just become like a little bit of a Spickish. Trapped in the DIY yeah, scene for sure DIY yeah. Scene, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's interesting like you talk about like mid-sized venues because that has very much been my sort of understanding of like new york city like during the years that i've lived here it's interesting like there's kind of this weird sort of marriage between like i would say like diy promoters and bookers Mm -hmm. with these like institutionalized venues if you will like you you get like you get like a really like kind of diy bill of bands that have played around at house shows performing on larger bills at like venues like trans pecos or i guess in your case pianos you know
2: yeah Yeah. and it's interesting too because like we haven't Played any like established house show venues since we moved here? Yeah. Um. But before we moved here, when we did our like one off shows in Brooklyn, or if it was like a stop on a tour, we would play mostly house shows that seemed like they were, um, more established. Uh, at, like as in they like play sh- several shows like, a month or every couple of months instead of just like one of the bands has a backyard and they decide to host yeah. a show at, and I don't know if that's because quarantine like made house venues close or something or if like the scene is just a little different now hmm. i don't know it's still it's something i'm still trying to gauge yeah i think yeah, yeah. And,
0: and so much of it is word of mouth too is the thing True. so it's like yeah. you no know, hard to
2: yeah some of the places that we played before were like there was this one place i don't even remember the name but it doesn't matter because they would change their name for every show <laughs> they would have here and that was like just a house venue somewhere in like flatbush that would do that
0: mm the anonymous house. Yeah, show. I know. Yeah. It was cool though. Maybe yeah. it wasn't
2: Flash Flatbush. Yeah. Never. Was it the
0: one I was at? <laughs> yeah. I
2: think that was Bushwick. It was way.
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was cool. a good show, yeah. Yeah. Hard to build SEO with a with a yeah. like that if you're constantly. Yeah, it. exactly Literally. Yeah. So your most recent single is a Redux of the track All Over Again, which originally appeared on your twenty eighteen debut extended. Play And I Miss You Already, Mm -hmm. which you described as feeling like a cover of a song written by your younger self. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could, you know, kind of expand on that thought a bit because I thought it was an interesting quote and I wanted Mm -hmm. to sort of dive into your rationale for covering this song in particular, you know, three years later.
2: Yeah, well, I think the reason I felt like I felt like it was a cover is because Um, you know, I I wrote that song when I, just when I turned 18, it was like the week I turned 18 or something. James, our bassist, we were like in South Africa together on tour with this like youth choir we were in in high school. Um, and they, they like got me a guitar to play around with and we like started writing that song then. Um, so in a way it was like a little time capsule of that moment. But when we like actually got the band together, it became like the first song that we were like really writing together as a band. And it's such an outlier of a song for us too. like, I don't know, like even even for back then, like we clearly yeah. if you listen to And I Miss you Already, like that album or that EP, doesn't really have a sound. It's not really cohesive. It's just like these are four songs I wrote, <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> let's, yeah. you know, let's put them together and see, you know,
0: that's often the case. And, I yeah, think, yeah. For the totally. Effort, though,
2: yeah. yeah. We were figuring our sound out and I think we've we've honed it a ton. Mm. Since then, is that the word? Honed. Honed, honed. yeah. Honed. Okay, yeah, honed. yeah you it got sounds it. so fake. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: say it ten times in a row, it'll
2: sound fake. <laughs> <easier. laughs> and I will not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's already like stylistically such a different song from everything else you write. It's like a little, you know. I think I was just I was playing around with like how I want to write lyrics too at that time. Uh, so it's both, like, an outlier stylistically and also just, like, lyrically and, and like, the vocal performance I have on that song is is very different than how I would perform a lot of other songs. Like, I was trying to be, like, a lot more, like, flirty with it at the time because I was just trying to figure out how I want to express myself. Uh, and I don't really think that's, like, how I write now and, like, how I feel most comfortable writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for us, uh, the reason why we redid it was because I think we just like wanted to do it justice. Cause it was one of those songs that we continued to play. Um, and I don't think we play any of the other EP songs, hmm. at any show. It was like something that was always really fun to have, like at the end of our set, um, at a house show and we had so many different members coming in and out and everyone would like come and like leave a little fingerprint on that song. Um, and so it changed so much over the years and I think we just like wanted to do it justice right yeah it was really
3: just about like trying to like get the live energy more with the Mm -hmm. recording because I feel like with that song at least it was a lot like we all knew what it sounded like in our heads and then we would listen to the EP and be like this isn't what this song is you know and like it just became such like a live song for us that we were like Kind of just want to like like mm-hmm. Robbie said just like do it justice like this is what the song should be totally and, I, heads, and, and least, I think yeah.
2: that we did it like for ourselves more than anything yeah um you know like we knew it wasn't going to perform very well just because of how like it, it doesn't really make sense it makes even less sense for us now stylistically yeah. <laughs> than it did when we first put it out um which I think is cool and I wish that more more Vance could and that the algorithm would allow uh people to like to do that more to put out like different songs and not just like fuck it over um mm-hmm. yeah. when it's released but whatever uh, we don't need to talk about <laughs> that but <laughs> now
0: there are merits to yeah it like we knew
2: we knew it wasn't going to be like the um you know it wasn't going to be the next nora it wouldn't get picked up by the algorithm or anything like that we just kind of wanted to like do it and we had the time um yeah yeah and it was a lot of fun it was it felt really cathartic i think Mm-hmm. Myself, well, yeah.
0: while we're on the topic of somewhat outlier songs, you sure. described the next song that you're going to perform for us in the studio as a bit of an outlier one that you don't perform live that often. Uh, the name of the track is Lipstick. And I was wondering, oh, yeah. I was wondering if you would <laughs> provide us with, you know, a little bit of preface of this track before mm-hmm. we give it a listen. And if possible, circling in on context behind <clears throat> the track's central chorus lyric, quote, life's just begun. You don't need to change. You don't need to run.
2: Yeah. Okay. That was a lot of que- I feel like that was a lot of questions into one question. <laughs> yes. So I'll try to go point by point. It, it, it is a four part so, question. So oh. the first part was um, wait, <laughs> was it how it was different, like stylistically? How it's a.
0: No, oh, right? no. Or... I, I just wanted to preface oh, okay. on the track and got then you, just if you, got you got could got provide you. some context on that.
2: Okay. Lyric. So wait, sorry. Am I just talking about the. Like, <laughs> that one <laughs> lyric I'm, I'm lost right now. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> My idea. ADHD brain just like got.
0: Provided a, a preface.
2: Three circles. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Provide just preface on the track itself. Okay, overall, cool. yeah, and yeah. then if you can circle cool. in on that lyric,
2: yeah. So this song is uh, I this is one of the oldest songs that like I wrote for this project. I think the only one that is older than than it is just to live. Um, and I think the reason why it like sticks out so so much. Uh. Uh, like on the record is because it's the only acoustic song that we did um, we used to have like a live full band arrangement for it and we did kind of like attempt to like make that work when we were recording the record I think
3: record. we recorded it in we the did, studio yeah. right? we did yeah we the drums
2: for it and we were kinda just like this isn't really working Yeah.
3: well you sent me the voice memo of it
2: yeah, yeah. I sent them like the original voice memo I recorded of the song which was like recorded at 3 a.m like on a balcony in San Antonio and I was playing really quietly because I didn't want to wake my cousin up cause I was like staying at her house. Um, and there was like birds chirping in the background and stuff. It was like an entirely different vibe. So we decided to, um, kind of scrap a lot of the, the live arrangement that we had originally, um, and build around that like acoustic, um, version of the song, and then we had Justin write, like, a little slide guitar part. Um, yeah,
3: it was kind of a similar thing to, like, what we tried to do with All Over Again, where it was, like, we heard it, like, I heard the voice memo, and I was like, oh, like, that's what that song's supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so on the album, like, that was definitely the goal to, like, try and capture, like, what I liked about that voice memo yeah. so much, or, like, what we Ruben and I liked about that voice memo so mm-hmm. much.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up that one lyric, because... This song, like, has changed a lot for me, like, with my own, like, like, the meaning that I, I put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone in, like, so many di- different directions. Because I kind of, like, I have to think about what a song means to me when I perform it. And I think that the song can be applied to, like, so many different stages of my life. But I think that one line is still almost always, like, it always feels the same to me about being, like, you don't need to, like, you know change yourself too soon or do anything inauthentically because like you know it's just like living life it's just beginning you know you're not gonna which you, who you are right now is not like gonna reflect who you are forever and it's okay to change but like you should do it on your own terms I love
1: Take you with me Dear God I wanted you Everywhere So take Just begun You don't have to change
0: and justin performing lipstick right here in the local bop studio uh ravi and justin i would like to play a quick game with y'all if you are down we've gotten to the game section okay, of, cool. of the yeah. podcast i've said it before and i'll say it again justin Every, loves games. There's, I love games there's no not creepy way to say in a basement studio i'd like to play a game <laughs> oh, yeah. it does no. not play well it doesn't play well to any audience <laughs> um so uh the Name of this game is Impasta Syndrome. Uh Ravi, I noticed that the handle Jeez. on your Bandcamp is ravioli.bandcamp.com. Oh it's a little starch pun <laughs> and it made me think about potential links between other artists bear with me here between other artists and noodles. So for this game, I'm going to list a handful of artists, and I'd like you to say which pasta you think best embodies their musical spirit. Okay, like which easy. shape? Like which pasta shape? Yeah, which pasta oh, shape. God. Okay. I
2: don't know the names of a lot I'll of them. I'll do that, my best. Little, yeah. yeah,
0: you can do your best. All right.
2: Justin's a rotini guy. I am. He, he always eats those.
0: That was the, the last question that I was building to. <gasps> I'm so oh. sorry. So sorry. That's okay. Well, let's get into oh, that uh, real yeah, quick. We'll yeah. Put a pin in it. Put in a pin in yeah. it. All right. So to start off, uh, <laughs> Tegan and
3: Sarah.
2: Oh, my gosh. Did you know that, like, Tegan and Sarah is, like, one of my favorite bands of all time? I did Did, did my research. Okay, (laughs) all right. That
3: one's kind of on you, dude. I don't really know what pasta shape Tegan and Sarah are. Well, there's two of
2: them, so that's, like... That's true. I feel like that makes it so much harder. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe, like, spaghetti. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I'm basing that off. Nothing. <laughs> it just seems like a good one. You, yeah. I do like...
0: love, I love my favorite part about this game is that it relies on and it, like, I'm like, oh, they know their pasta shave. So come in yeah. here. Yeah. That was, uh, I'm like, not everyone's as much no. of a paisano as I am. Well, I, I know, know, okay,
2: I know I said the most, like, basic pasta in the world. I do know other ones. Yeah. But.
0: <laughs> Such as? I was just like,
2: uh, <laughs> well, there's the, you know, I don't want to say them now because okay, I'm going to save answers, them for later, yeah. actually. That's
0: fair. All right. The game continues. Palehound.
2: <laughs> I think, like, maybe, like. It's like
3: a rigatoni for a rigatoni. sure. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: But, like, not in a bad way.
2: What do you mean? Not in a bad way. Why'd you make that face? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just feel like there's no way you could say that any pasta is good or bad. You know what I mean? Like, I have no Um, negative or positive association.
0: (laughs) I will go on the record and say angel hair is crap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that is dang doo doo. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, getting some feedback from um, (laughs) from the others. It's just like bad spaghetti, Mm -hmm. though. You know? Yeah.
3: It's Just (laughs) not just
0: awful. It's like CVS brand Mm spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. The game continues. Cool. Big Thief. Oh. Hmm.
2: Bowtie. Bowtie. Yeah. Bow For bow tie. sure. Bowtie. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Elaborate on that.
2: Um, I like Bowtie as a shape, and I like Big Thief as a band.
0: Mm. Well said. There you go. Yeah. And finally, Ravi.
2: Oh, man. You you
3: do, I wish, like you know, like the kids pasta oh, that would like kidding. be like different, like like it's a truck, Dude, or it's like a star or something. Like they don't have names, oh, yeah, like
2: the dinosaur but it's like ones. children's pasta. We're like, children's the
3: pasta. We're sure. talking about like like
0: mac and cheese shapes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like cheese. a
3: truck or like you yeah flowers
0: something have said, fun.
2: I would have said like the Annie's shell.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, but I kind of like I think the
2: shape is better. With the
0: parmesan. Yeah. 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 This like the. With, Top, that's an S tier instant mac and cheese, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Their vegan mac and cheese too is really good. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. good feedback from Bill Coe, the other the other vegan in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh thank you to Justin and Ravi for playing the first and likely last edition of <laughs> Imposta Syndrome. Can we get a pause in the studio?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you
0: guys. Um one more sort of off kilter question before we get back into the arts with a capital A. Uh Ravi, it's my understanding. That, you know, from from a magazine. Let me start that again. <laughs> it's my understanding from an interview that you did with Woozy Magazine that someone got the artwork for your record "Don't Hit Me Up" as a tattoo. Is oh, that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think as a sort of reflection of that very. Flattering effort. I was wondering if there were any album artworks that you would consider getting as a tattoo. I have one. You actually, have
2: one. Yeah. Oh shit! I have mannequin pussies. Um, Hell yeah! Is that what that's from? Blow I bonfire. didn't even know that. I've definitely told you that like three times, times, dude. Come my on. bad. Yeah, hmm. patience. My mannequin pussy is tattooed on my my left calf. Yeah, yeah. So a
0: very special record to you. Though, yeah, to I, I
2: yeah, I really, very very inspiring. I I love them.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about them specifically? If you don't um, mind you probing.
2: I think that it's it's just like really dynamic and emotional music and I like that they can go in so many different directions with it um also just like as a record it's just like 25 minutes it feels like it's one song like there's no time in between any of the songs and I think that's like so refreshing like the second one song ends either it's going straight into another song and it feels like they're the same song, right? Or it's just like starting right up again. and There's just no breathing time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think that they just executed that really, really well. And that's something that we, or I, tried to get um, our producer to do for our for our album as well. So there are a few songs that we did the same thing on, and that was definitely like directly inspired from like me listening to the Patience album for, you know, every single day in the summer of twenty nineteen or so, sometime like that, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I think there's, like, a really dynamic element to records like that where it just keeps flowing. Like, yeah. you know, I guess embodying that mm-hmm. in the music gives, you know, everything. I mean, it gives context to all the other tracks yeah. on the record. Yeah. Like, you know, because they're all, context- like, contextualized. It feels like them. more
3: of an experience. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it feels like an album, for yeah. sure. An album and album. I also just, like, have a lot of respect for them as people. They all seem, like, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're really, like, DIY. Like, they're a DIY band that, like... That, like did the thing, mm-hmm. and now it's like they put all that work in, and they're on all these tours. It's sick. Yeah, yeah.
0: they they fucking rip. I love that mm-hmm. band. Um, so a considerable amount of your work contends with human connections, with trying to understand others and the nuances of sort of you know interpersonal connections. Mm-hmm. It's a theme that plays heavily into your debut LP and the single "Sense." So I wanted to ask how. That somewhat dynamic songwriting approach has changed since your first record, like using that as mm. sort of a a cornerstone of your songwriting um,
2: right. capacities. Well, I would say that like um, what you just described is all true. And that is how I would describe that record. But it wasn't like intentional. Like I, mm. I noticed all those things about that, like in retrospect, when I needed to like, right, yeah. you know, do album press and figure out like what what did i write about because now everyone's asking me and i have to like come up with a reason like i'm a really sporadic writer Mm -hmm. um i can't i can't force it in any way there are like no patterns to how i do things so i i did come up with that um in like just looking back on on like what the the themes for the record were that i could like draw some connections to which i feel like is like not a good thing to say as a musician but it's just how i write genuinely like it's not um yeah there's just no patterns to it like i i can't i can't just like sit down and be like i'm gonna write a song about this specifically i just kind of start and if i don't like what i'm doing and if i don't feel like i'm playing something interesting like i can't continue with it
1: mm-hmm.
2: um but i will say that the songs that we are working on now like the themes have definitely changed a lot. It's less about me trying to like understand certain situations with like people, friendships, and relationships and stuff like that, and more just like stream of consciousness, like feeling like frustrated uh, with like living life in quarantine, trying to dissect why I like am doing this, like why I put so much time into music when it's something. I feel like i only like some of the time and a lot of the time it just makes me miserable so yeah Yeah. those are the kind of some of the themes that we're working with
0: yeah it's interesting you you talk about that sort of interpretation of your work being something that you came up with after the songs were recorded and you were coming up with like a way to talk to other people Mm -hmm. because it kind of reminds me of um There's a quote that you gave to mundane magazine where you're talking about an approach that you had that was similar to death of the author, wherein after Mm, a piece of work is out there and published, it's like, you know, everyone else sort of like has their own sort Mm -hmm. of you know, free reign to interpret it. And I was wondering if that was sort of, like, you know, an MO that you applied to your own work as yeah. it relates to uh, yeah, interpreting totally. your work. Because by that, by that metric, then, like, what you're saying is, like, totally valid. Like, maybe if you mm-hmm. don't know what you're saying at the time, but interpret it later on. Like totally. There's validity to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Like, I think I write really selfishly. You know, it's just kind of, like, I need to get some thoughts out in the moment. And I have... I was definitely struggling a lot to like understand like, uh, like interpersonal conflicts I was having when I was writing um, "Don't Hit Me Up," um, and so like that was the avenue I used in which to do that. But then, you know, once the song is out, like I get messages from people like all the time saying that like this certain song meant so much to them, and they'll be really specific as to why, and I'm like, that's so sick. I don't know how you got there, but <laughs> that's great that you feel that way. Um, so yeah, I do. I do definitely believe in death of the author. To one, to uh, for the most part, yeah. um, There's like some people who will like review a song. Oh my god, my manager is not going to want me to say this. But I won't. I won't give details. But like some people will like review a song, and this is what I don't like: is when they try to decide what I. Like what the store, the exact thing that I'm trying to yeah. say, and then they just get all the details wrong. I find that really weird. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's cool to analyze a song and to uh, like come up with your own interpretation of it and like what it means to you. But there, <laughs> there are some people who will just be like, Ravi. Went through a breakup and then this thing happened. I'm like, D- that song was about my dad. Like, why did you just come up with? It's like, you don't ah, know. Yeah. It's like, you don't know, like me, a man, It's so yeah. weird. Yeah, that is. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, as long as you're not trying to, to like, speak for me, mm-hmm. speak for yourself. You, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's um. You know, yeah. Once it's once it's out into the world, it's out into the world. Like just
0: a little pro tip for other music critics out there: I'm definitely guilty <laughs> of doing that same shit that you just described. Oh, really? And tried to, well, well. Over the years, I've grown out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's say. not
2: it's not the worst thing in the world. It, it gave us a a good laugh, mm-hmm. I'll say. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of silly. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a stretch. But
0: well, let's shift our focus back towards mm-hmm. they the debut and the next song you'll be performing from it. Your time. Would you mind sort Mm -hmm. of just giving a brief introduction of this track to listeners before we bend our ears and give a listen? (laughs)
2: Yeah. um, This is the opening track of our record, Don't Hit Me Up. Um, It's probably one of my favorite songs on the record. I feel like I would consider it a little bit of a deep cut. Uh, Only deep cuts. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) definitely. But yeah, this this is one that we play at every show. It always is like a great way to like start a set off and like, yeah
3: yeah before I was even in the band it was always to me like the like this is what this band sounds like for me it was like this is the song that like Mm -hmm. describes the sound of this band really well um so yeah Mm
1: -hmm.
0: let's give it a listen More Time by Ravi performed alongside Justin in the local Bop studio. It's time we turn our attention towards the future. You're about to hit the road with Dino Gala culminating with the show with Pax in Beantown at the Tourist yeah. Trap. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't call Boston anything else. It's yeah. Beantown to All right. me. <laughs> All right,
2: brother. Let's, let's
0: go. <laughs> uh, my question is, are there any other shows in particular you're looking forward to on the tour?
3: Or
1: just, I guess,
0: facets of being on the road that you've missed dearly oh,
2: over this, yeah.
3: this very I'm kind year. of looking forward to all of them, to be honest. Really? Dude, you? Dude, I just, like, I want to <laughs> play shows again. That is so funny. You know? Me, like, coming
2: out of Justin's mouth. This guy's, like, like, always, like, I don't yeah. think I can go on tour, guys. I don't <laughs> think I can do it. I hate people too much.
3: Yeah. Um, but uh, Tourist Trap was the last show we played... Before COVID, right? It was
2: one of the last ones that we we, we played an insane show at Taurus Trap like a month before COVID hit. And yeah. it was like it was so packed in there that you could not physically move your bodies. It was crazy. Yeah so it was It'll be fun. cool to revisit that spot yeah. for sure. Yeah. Excited um, to go back to Boston. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually really excited that's so lame to be like the show i'm most excited about for this tour is like the one in my hometown how's uh, that lame i don't know because <laughs> because like, we're going to so many other cool like places Jersey, that dude. i've never been i am very excited for for yeah, yeah. New let's Jersey? wait. Yeah, yeah, let's circle in
0: on th- yeah. that. Let's circle in on how good it is to play shows in New Jersey. Oh my god! I'm honestly yeah. less excited yeah. about no, New I'm Jersey. Really
2: All right, excited.
3: well, it's okay. You yeah,
2: don't, t- <laughs> don't have to talk, Justin. He's never gone on a DIY tour before, so he doesn't True. know how sick the New Jersey scene is. I've just like driven
3: are. in New Jersey, and I hate New Jersey for that. Mm.
2: I feel like everyone hates New Jersey except for DIY kids. Yeah, yeah. and maybe that's fair, but. I, there's some. There's definitely like a really special energy in New Jersey. Every time we've played there, and it feels really similar to like the DIY energy in Boston. So I think that's probably why I like it so much. But it really feels community based, um, and there are so many like random small towns that will have like a really, like really intense scene there, like a really. Um,
0: yeah, Montclair. Like Mon- fan base, yeah. Montclair is a good example mm-hmm. that I feel like Meat Locker and everything there. I think uh, yeah, I think there's a special energy that comes out of places where everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. And I say that as someone from New Jersey if anyone's talking oh, cool. shit in the comments, nice. Um, and I guess, you know, beyond that turning our focus towards the far future. Mm-hmm. Well, not the far future, but, you know, the future after this tour. Yeah. What can you tell us about this uh, new extended play that's in the works, if anything? Um, I guess, what can we as listeners look forward to in terms of sound and songwriting?
2: Yeah. Damn, this, this EP was tough. Yeah. It was it was a lot. It's It still is. Like, it's a lot of work. Like, we're putting, we're really putting our all into it, so. Yeah.
3: I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, there was just like this like weird thing with all musicians, where it's like, oh, you have all this time, you have to write music now, mm-hmm. like you have to put something out now, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so of course, we were like, oh, let's write an album, like let's let's do that now, um, and it isn't necessarily that easy. Um, to just be like, oh, we're just going to do this now, and it'll
0: be mm-hmm. great, and we're all going to be super now we have happy so much with it. Free time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's also, also that like we're ration- not
2: all just shitting our pants. Yeah, yeah that rationale. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. that rationale
3: discounts the fact that the fucking world
0: is.
2: Ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and exactly.
3: we we wrote or we is that what we did at the first Airbnb as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy.
2: And we were recording. Um, we Oh, we did a bunch of like, press there. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we did a music video and stuff. Yeah.
3: But, yeah, we, like, wrote a bunch of it at Airbnbs um, because we had nowhere else to do it. Mm. Um,
2: mm-hmm. We were all in different states slash countries, yeah. too. So we had to, like, get together for a bit, use the band fund to, like, spend a week in some Germantown. Germantown, New <laughs> York. <laughs> Germantown, and then we New did York. Plymouth, Mass. Yeah.
0: Plymouth, Mass. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So we just, like, brought... Justin was really the MVP for both of those trips because he brought all of his gear so we could, like, record and and um, sound, not like yeah. shit. Uh, but, so, um, yeah, we had those, like, little writing retreats that we did um, to write these out, to, to write the um, EP. I keep wanting to s- say extended play now because you said <laughs> extended play, and I've never called it that before, even though I know that's what play, it stands play. for.
0: Yeah, it, I think that's a... That's a uh, you know problem with being a, a music journalist as you say ep <laughs> yeah. so much in your writing that you have to vary it up yeah. by saying extended yeah okay play. fair enough yeah
2: um <laughs> sorry
0: Where were we? we were talking about yeah, airbnbs were we
2: talking <laughs> about? Yeah. yeah i'm talking about that extended play um <laughs> yeah so we did those those writing retreats which was cool um but we kind of I don't know, like where the where the songs ended up there, like it the, it just like wasn't ready. Like I feel like we thought that we could could really like hone in and do it. But I think that um not playing shows and not being a part of like an active scene really like stagnated us. like yeah. we weren't doing our we weren't writing our best stuff. We weren't like you know, being Mm -hmm. inspired by, like, outside influences and by live music, which I always say is, like, such a big inspiration um, for myself, like, writing-wise. Yeah. So I think that, like actually moving to New York is when there was like a more clear shift of like, okay, this is what we have to do. And this is what these songs have to sound like. And this is the amount of work we need to put into them to make sure that they come out good. Um, But yeah, basically it was very tough and we're still working on it. (laughs) And I think it's going to be the best thing that we've done, but we're not, you know, it's not, it's not done yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're getting there.
3: Yeah. There's definitely just, like, a lot of change in the way we did everything Mm -hmm. um, going into quarantine. So, like, that definitely played a big part in, like, why it was so difficult Mm -hmm. to get a lot of the stuff out.
2: Yeah. And I was, like, I I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to, like, write the way that I used to write. Um, Because, like I mentioned earlier, it's something that is very sporadic. It just kind of comes to me when it comes to me. Like, I could, you know be playing on my guitar for like a week straight and not write anything of substance or i could just like not touch it for a a month pick it up for an hour and write like the best thing i've ever written in Mm -hmm. that one hour so it's a lot of like guess and check and just like trying stuff out
0: yeah Yeah. moreover like on a like much more personal note like you know we're talking about the role that interpersonal Mm -hmm. conflict plays in your work and it's like when there's nobody fucking around it's like like, what do you write about that was
2: exactly and and with COVID too, like, I wasn't gonna be like, I'm stuck in quarantine. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's Hell all yeah. I'm doing
2: all day long. <laughs> like, that's so lame. I w- it wasn't like anything. I didn't want to write at- about COVID at all. Like, yeah. nothing. Yeah. It's I like, think No one like, wants to hear that either. It just seems yeah. so cheesy. Right? You know, yeah. Be
0: like- yeah. I've only heard one good COVID song, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. um, beyond that, like, if you're gonna write music about, it's not yours, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I got a I, I got I got I got a, I got a shit-eating grin from my it producer, is. thinking that it was that I'm describing the song that he wrote. It's not his. It's um, isn't that the uh, intro to the podcast? Yes, yes. But the song I'm talking about, <laughs> the so- I'm talking about ISO by Bluish, which is a really good song. Um, cool. Anyway, um, I'll have
2: to check it out.
0: For, let's wrap this up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Robbie, Justin. <laughs> i
2: yeah. realize we didn't ex- we didn't describe the music at all on the TV, yeah
0: yeah but do, do we do you want to we can circle um, back we can edit it real quick if you want to describe
2: it you know it. i don't know if i do it's it's a lot it's a little different but i think it still sounds like us yeah. so that's all i can say it's, it's a little bit more mature and refined yeah i want to um, say
3: it's more like focused um sure yeah there's a bit more of an intention to it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. rather than just being like here are the whatever eight or nine songs yeah. that Robbie has written in her entire life and we're going to put them on an album. It's more like, you know, like...
2: <laughs> yeah, there were songs that did not make the cut.
3: Yeah. On this yeah, one. this was definitely more of a Which like... weird. You know, like, your second release is the most important release or whatever. Or like, True. your second album yeah. is your most important album. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were just trying to be, like, very intentional with what we were doing on it. Yeah. Or what we were going to do on it.
0: Somewhere within that amorphous cloud of emo lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. emo
3: lounge.
2: So haven't yes. heard that in a while. Yeah. Honestly, my back. favorite way to describe it. I yeah, genuinely. Yeah. It's better than calling us math rock. Yeah, because true. Because then people are gonna have like gonna fights about rock. it on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. so just Literally, it it someone to, like, had what a fight on
3: Reddit,
0: like in yeah, Reddit and comments on, like, about it. But someone someone contended that just got mad that it was described yeah. as math rock. At yeah. least yeah. math rock. Yeah, but this
3: same person also said King Crimson was <laughs> math rock. <laughs> And, like, Robert Fripp and like, vented math rock or something. And I was dog, like, all right. Dog you're, dog, you're talking about Prague. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this yeah, is like, like, not. You got your genres all fucked up. It was up. just, like, the perfect, like, description of Reddit yeah. comments for me. I was like, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is sick.
0: Nice, yeah. dude.
2: Um, I will call us math rock depending on the um, audience I have, though. For If sure. I, I want to, like. Start a fight yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't really think we are though, yeah. I guess, like if I'm being honest.
0: There's there's there are there's math rock seasoning in there. Yeah in the yeah, mathy, Yeah. Ravi and Justin, thank you so mm. much for coming on the show. My last question for you is what can you tell us about this last at the time of recording unreleased track you'll be performing for us now? At least unreleased mm. in the studio, yeah, yeah. I should say, entitled AJ.
2: Yeah. Um, So this is the only song that's going to be on the EP that I actually wrote before quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote it. It's about my mother. Um, Yeah, I'll just just leave it at that. It's a song about my mom and how much I love her and want to be be as good of a person as I can for her. Hold on
1: one more time. I'm still working the line. I don't want to. I'm still good, it's not time I'm the one who's flying by
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn and produced by my friend and a man who actually needs an introduction, Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bill Co. If you enjoyed Ravi's performance, you can find all of their music at ravioli.bandcamp.com. That's R-A-A-V-I-O-L-I.bandcamp.com. Be sure to also follow them on Instagram as well at Ravi Band. That's Ravi with two A's again. Just want to make sure you find it. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bob's Radio Hour every other Tuesday on KPIS.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and Godspeed.